Hi, this is Mike Farkas, reading from my book Phone Slaves. Welcome to episode 19, which sees the continuation of Mook's rant against the elevators, as well as his calls as a recruiter for the Salesman on the Road program at Forsure Telecom. Mornings, the idiots reveal themselves categorically by the way they queue for the elevators. Some wait in a ridiculous queue sprawling down the corridor rather than opting to wait in the empty recess directly in front of the elevators, indicating they'd rather be waiting in a long line than get to work. Others try to guard their place in line by giving those who've arrived from the other direction the old stink eye. The most aggressive idiots try to claim their priority outright by standing in front of the doors waiting to pounce as they open. Mook finds those people a particularly amusing brand of moron, because not only are they blocking the path of innocent people just trying to get off the elevator, but they only have a one in three chance of their elevator landing first. Then there are the swipe card people. Send in the clowns. Certain floors are only accessible with a swipe card. You'd think people with their important security access swipe cards savvy would understand a thing or two about physics, but no. Swipe card man or woman gets on the elevator holding a tray of coffees and bagel sandwich, as they are prone to do, when in the process of leaning over to swipe his or her super security access swipe card, which... He or she is cleverly attached to his or her janitorial belt chain extravaganza or inside a three-step wallet clasp. They spill half a cappuccino all over the fucking floor. So by 3 p.m., you've got one cappuccino swamped lift out of three. Cue the maintenance guys who decide to fix a light bulb with an extension ladder on the sixth floor at 4.50 p.m. You've got one cap swamped lift and one maintenance-retarded lift, leaving one smallish elevator to accommodate several businesses over six floors for approximately 300 employees. Common elevator small talk overheard includes, This is a fire trap waiting to happen. This is a form of terrorism. This is a ridiculous waste of time. This is a ridiculous waste of rent. This is a ridiculous waste of my life, and everyone's favorite. If there were ever a fire, we would all die waiting for or trying to escape the elevators. Dying in an elevator fire is not on most people's bucket lists. Add the fact that renovations and new construction for the dungeon-esque food cathedral have all but destroyed the building's original charm. An elaborate chamber of horrors comes to mind. Mook has to wonder whether this is progress or simply a huge money laundering scheme. All of it. His job, their jobs. As a matter of fact, everyone's hack may in fact be just that. If you've ever lived through renovations at home, you know the drill, the dust, the noise, the inconvenience. All this to say, Mook has mastered factoring a certain degree of lateness when heading out so as to stagger himself a few minutes off from the main convoy. For the sake of flow, Mook just wants to flow. He hates feeling stuck in an overcrowded elevator. He may be a bit claustrophobic. 
He gets panic attacks when sleeping in a tent on camping trips. He is happier under the stars. Mook cares more about washing an empty tin of beans before placing it in the recycling bin than he does about the 5G upgrade and save offer, or the future of the telecom industry. The people in the office are nice. The human contact at work, a form of treasure. His favorite part of the job is overhearing others do their thing, bring their heart to the situation. The oral tradition of winning an argument is in fact an art form, and as such must be honed and personalized in the same way and by the same virtues. Style is a personal thing. There are guys in the office who sound like good old country boys, and others who sound as pensive as a philosophy professor who pitch in relative silence, compared with theatrical types prone to stand and pitch, yell at the ump, kick up some dirt, whatever it takes lest we forget the banshee women screeching like Suzuki's revving at 21,000 RPM, while other females sound as relaxed and coaxing as a Caribbean vacation brochure. But the unifying hub, the center of the spokes, is heart. You have to believe you might actually be doing the person some good, because for sure does in fact help many people out of stupidly unfair charges. But first they have to trust the voice on the other end of an 800 line. So Mook tries to keep his ears twice as open as his mouth. 95% of the time the situation is a no-brainer. It's a yes-no, suivant next, no thanks, we just did that, call back in the spring, I wish you well but please take us off your list, I wish you people would all just die but feel free to call back tomorrow, etc. There is, however, a slice of time maybe 10% if you're lucky, more like 5% of the time, when much like catching a wave, if you can get up and cut a clean line, you can gain a person's confidence, and it isn't like bullshitting someone. That isn't it. If it were about bullshitting, then any bullshitter could do the job, and the job would be much easier. But because there is a modicum of logical substance to the message, The listener has a modicum of responsibility to make sense of it, and then choose or choose not to engage the opportunity based on what he or she just heard. So it isn't the urgency of the situation or the argument, but in fact the quality of the explanation's delivery with a touch of humble grace, which gets the job done. Not the quality of the explanation, the quality of the delivery, the humility. If people can't see the whites of your eyes, they have to at least hear the breaths of your brain and enjoy a little short story time. In this argumentative world of skewed data and false statistics, the thing being said is secondary to the way it is being said. In this world of cross-gatekeepers, elusive decision-makers, and illusory corporate masters, you are simply another drone on the end of an 800 number. One of umpteen thousand such calls the businesses receive on the yearly. Karma sits at her station like a painting. Hi, this is Mookat for sure. How can I help ya? Good morning. This is Ron Lloyd. Ron! 
How's my top man doing this fine day? Well, I have a couple good leads. One this morning at a dry cleaner, and one this afternoon at a diner after the lunch rush settles down. Sounds like a plan. What are you going to have for lunch today, Ron? Did you have a good breakfast? Oh, yeah, I did. Most important meal of the day. Yeah, I had some Captain Crunch. It was all right. All right, Ron. Make sure to check in and let me know how things go. I will. Stay crunchy, Captain. All right. Hi, this is Mook at For Sure. How can I help you? Hi, Mr. Mook. This is Mookie Ferguson. Who do I have the pleasure of speaking with, please? This is Davey Lloyd. I called yesterday about getting registered for the Salesman on the Road program. Yes, David. So did you find those links I sent in the email? I saw the email, but I didn't open it. Why didn't you open it, Davey? Well, I did open it. Oh, okay. Did you click on the links I sent? The top link was the registration, and the one below gets you the info pack. No, I didn't click the links. I was at the library. Okay, Davey. Just go back to the library, open the email again, and click on the first link. Fill out the registration, then click on and read through the second link, and then call me back. Thank you, Mr. Mookie. I'm so happy to be working with you at For Sure. This is the best company ever. I love my job so much. It's all Mook can do not to cringe. That's great, Davey. Now all you have to do is get cracking on those links so you can get started. Right. You're right, Mr. Mookie. When can you send me my business cards and flyers? Tell you what, Davey. You send me a single phone bill from a local business in your neighborhood and I will get a promotional package out to you which includes a hundred business cards with your name on them quicker than you can say thank you, Mr. Ferguson. That sounds great. Thank you so much, Mr. Mookie. I won't let you down. I'm going to be the best salesman on the road for sure has ever seen. Go get him, Tiger. Mook turns to Mac, who is 20 years his junior, and sort of looks up to Mook. Oh, Jesus Christ, this guy Davy Lloyd is going to give me a brain aneurysm. He can't open a link. Mac empathizes with Mookie, offering an imitation of his own star salesman on the road. I opened it. I didn't load it, but I opened it. You know what I mean? The guy can't click on a link. I loaded it, but I didn't opens it. Should I have opens it? All I know is I loaded it. Good God. Make America think again. Hi, this is Mook at For Sure. How can I help you? Mook, this is Ron calling from the dry cleaners I mentioned to you just before. Are you available to speak with the owner for a second? Of course, Ron. Does he have his phone bill in his hand? 
Yes. Yes, he does. Great. What's his name, Ron? Mr. Chosky. Hang on a sec. Hello? Morning, Mr. Chosky. How are ya? Fine, just fine. This is Mookie at For Sure Telecom. I understand you've had the pleasure of meeting my roving road rep, Ron. I'm Ron's team leader and supervisor here at For Sure. Let me confirm receipt of your phone bill so we can get the ball rolling here on our end. All right. All right, so let Ron fax me the phone bill, or would you like to do that yourself? I reckon I could let Ron take a picture of it. Sure, that works. Go ahead and tell Ron to do that. Take photos and send them to my email. Ron takes the phone again. So how much commission does that get me for this Friday? Wrong time to ask, Ron. Send the bill and I'll get back to you ASAP. A few minutes later, images of rapid-fire dry cleaning's phone bill have been uploaded to the portal. They go directly to Kara's inbox. Kara takes care of all portal-related issues, as well as the administrative aspects of the salesman on the road department. Nice going, Mook. What? Ron's dry cleaner came through. Was there ever any doubt? The silver fox strikes again. Mook doesn't mind that Kara calls him the silver fox. He enjoys that she finds him sexy. He also doesn't mind the way she flicks his ponytail when she walks by, which gives him shivers down his spine. Mook knows Kara is happily married, but enjoys her flirtations and chalks them up to her Latina libido and early 30s confidence. Furthermore, as a flirtatious person himself, Mook takes all innuendi with a grain of salt. It is, after all, work. You don't shit where you eat. She's married. Mook loves pee. Perhaps they flirt so well and easily because they feel safe about not following through. Playfulness is all it is. And playfulness is a terrific quality in a sales office. It's all fun and games until someone's ponytail gets an erection. Stop! I'm stopped. Look, I'm stationary. Lunch arrives, and the fresh news of Kobe's crew chopper crash seems to be the only thing worth considering. The entire office feels anchored by unspoken grief. Kobe Bryant meant a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Mook is thoroughly disgusted. His habit of talking to himself gets the better of him during moments of emotional overwhelm. He launches off into a rant. Here's what upsets me about them giving Kobe special permission to fly into dangerously foggy conditions. Who the fuck gives someone special permission to fly a chopper into the fog? What about the fog? What about the danger? And I don't care if the pilot could tango on a wire like Antonio Banderas. It was his responsibility to not endanger the innocent lives of his passengers, given the undire circumstances of a freaking basketball game. Was it Kobe's call to make? Hells no. It was most certainly not. Bad call, ref. Boo! LA traffic control, boo! Y'all should have put your foot down. But no, you caved. You said, screw them if they want to fly and you let nine people die. 
like some cartoon episode of G.I. Joe. Shame on you. Mook's rants are not without cause, but are inordinately loud given he has no audience. Most of the time, his colleagues are simply too busy dealing with whatever is coming through the set of cans on their heads to take the full breath of his monologues in. Quality control, however, catches everything on tape. Some of Mook's more notable remarks include, I figured by this age, I'd be somewhere in the British West Indies with two wet nurses. Look at me! I'm freaking Sandra D. I was making sales in Baghdad when you were generating leads in your dad's bag. You go, you get. You don't go, you don't get. Thoroughly disturbing stuff. <laughs>